everybody. Welcome to episode 70 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson, or your other host. I'm not another host like we have like seven of them. Mm-hmm. I'm the only other host of this show. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just right off the bat, uh, you're a little ill. So <laughs> let's... Uh, you might hear some... Yeah. Um, you got some sinus... Yeah. Well, allergies. Well, allergies, but yeah. you know, hitting your sinuses and whatnot. Yeah. So fun times. I've got these tissues with the lotion in them. Yeah. It's nice, right? Which to quote, I think it was Ray Romano's father on Everybody Loves Raymond says, it feels like someone already blew their nose in it. Oh. Because <laughs> they're like all lotiony, slimy and, and yeah. weird. It was like, I, I just remember an episode of that where he bought the tissues with all the lotion. And he's like, mm. what? These are good. And his father's like, no, it's like someone already blew their nose in it. <laughs> it's like, that is exactly what they feel like. Yeah. But I have actual like scabs around my nose, like little scabs mm-hmm. from constantly blowing my nose. So I yep. had to get the snot tissues. Yeah. It, it had to be done. Yeah. Got to take care of your nose because uh, it takes care of you. Okay. You know? So, uh, yeah. So a uh, couple things to, to talk about this week. No yep. guest because we're cool. We will. And this isn't hyperbole, but we will have one hyperbole. next week. We may not. I mean, anything can happen. Well, yeah. I mean, we have a, a, a guest booked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for next week. Mm-hmm. So so um, deal with that. Think of me now. Um, so we went to NAB. NAB New York. Yeah. Is it not supposed? Is it supposed to be NAB? You can't say NAB. I say NAB. Oh, I always say NAB, and I feel I like what? I'm the only one who says that. But. Yeah. Um, uh, we also went last year. Yeah, and, I know that. And this year, yeah. So um, we could talk about some of the differences of this year because there were differences. Let me tell you. Yeah, last year sucked, and then this year sucked more. Sucked more, yeah. You know, I gotta just a quick side note. I really they're gotta, not going to be um, sponsoring us. <laughs> Ever. No. Uh, especially uh, after making those comments, but I'm just being real. Well, Go. here's the thing. It's not that it sucks. It's that it's not aimed to us. No, it sucked. You know? Um, I'm going to say it sucked. If you're a broadcaster, there's a lot of boots there that may interest you. You know, you, but I'm not. We're not. I, that's know? not even, no. 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 We didn't go over the audio side either. Fuck the audio side. Yeah. Everything sucked about it. I'm sorry, but just so I don't know why they it? do that. Well, the only good thing about it was like running into the Brograph guys. Like that was the, my only source of entertainment was talking to Matt um, because it just. Well, I, they're MoGraph.com now. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. They're always going to be Brograph because I that's know. what my shirt says, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to send me a new one to replace that one, then I'll say MoGraph. I was their first fan. Were you really? Yeah, I was like one of the first listeners to their podcast. Aw. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry, but everybody that goes there with the exception of those guys, it's like they took fucking quaaludes. Before heading on in, like everyone's <laughs> bored and they they won't, I don't, I don't know if this is like a, a, a girl thing mm-hmm. um, because I didn't try it as a guy, but I found that if I, st- I started to almost test the waters and just stand in front of booths to see if they would like interact with me, yeah. they wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. And your dress doesn't have anything to do with it. Like you don't have to be in a suit and tie to have people talk to you. Like it, it just... No interest. There were people sitting there just on their phones. They didn't even look up. Yep. It was like the most disinterested group of people, the worst salespeople I've ever seen, <laughs> like yeah. all in one room. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is how I got sick also. So I've got that bone to pick with Jacob Javits and their yeah. germ cave. Mr. Javits. Their glass germ Son cave. A, <laughs> yeah. It's just a Petri dish. (laughs) Basically was. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this is my third year going to the New York one, right? Because I went once with my job and then last year we went Mm -hmm. and then this year. And uh, I actually thought last year, here's the thing. (laughs) It's it's so not for anybody outside of the uh, broadcast. You know, everything is broadcast, broadcast, broadcasters. At least like last year you had like ICANN and... You know, you had some things that were geared toward. I mean, you still had some stuff that was geared towards like. It was a lot more for filmmakers last year. Yes, 
Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. But, um, you know, there was, if it wasn't for Black Magic and their huge booth, I don't know if anybody would ever go to that thing. I don't know. Because they're like dead center. Yeah. As soon as you come in, Although you can't miss them. Adobe had a booth this year, but it was so small. <laughs> I literally was standing in front of it and I was we like, where are you? We couldn't find it and yeah. we passed it like five times because their so logo was the size of a walnut. Yeah. On the wall. And it was like, oh, yes, there it is. Yeah. Um, I do have one other good thing to say mm-hmm. is that we won $1,500 worth of batteries. Yep. <laughs> so that was fun. Yep. I'll I'll shout out that little bitty. Yeah, and shape. that was um, a booth that we had passed. Mm-hmm. We were passing. They had hats. This is how it all started. Yeah. You well, wanted That was gear. the thing, uh, just real quick, is that one of the main reasons we wanted to go was just to nerd out if, you know, because I had this feeling that it was going to be bigger. But the point is, is that we wanted to get some swag. Yeah. Shirts and hats and pens and shit. Yeah. For Which free. there was not very much of. And At all. it was like, it was like they, they, they had stuff, right? And then you'd pass them. And, you know, it's, it's like when you're, you're like, you're zooming for a date, right? And you make eye contact with somebody across the room and you know what that person's thinking. And that person's like, I know what you're thinking. We're making eye contact. It's exactly what's happening with the swag, but they don't want to give it up. Yeah. So it's like they have it, but when you ask for it or if you take something, they look at you like you're a dirt bag. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like- But you have it, it's there Why is it here if you're going to give me a dirty look for taking it? This is why it's here. I take your swag, you scan my badge. That's how it works. if you- with like with some of them, the the higher up the swag gets, the more obligated you are to have to talk to these people mm-hmm. because they're not going to just hand you a shirt. They want to do their little spiel, yeah. song and dance, and you get your shirt or whatever. Um, but these people wouldn't look at you. Yeah. So it was like, okay, how am I supposed to get the good stuffs if you're ignoring me? Yeah. And then if I take the smaller stuffs that I don't have to talk to you for, you look at me like... A peasant. Yeah. So then we passed um, the battery. The blue shape. Blue shape. Yeah. And they had hats hanging, and I was like, I know you want one of those hats, and you like you you become like a, a shy little child sometimes. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I don't know. I was like, just go talk to them and pretend that you're interested, so you can get your hat. Um, and then you well, wound up. Th- those are. Those batteries were generally something I am interested in. Yeah, but you wound up like having several questions and Mm -hmm. and actually being interested in the product, which was just a twofer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like we, you know, the the guy was really nice to you and Mm -hmm. that that was cool. So with the exception of Blue Shape, everybody else was mean. Mm -hmm. But um, the gentleman there was talking to you and he was like, okay. And he was like, well, we have a raffle. And we're like, oh, and we got number one and then number three. Yeah. Or something, and uh, they were like, "It's it's we're doing the drawing at four o'clock, four which o'clock. we did not intend on being there for because it was like one thirty at that point, mm-hmm. and I was we over wanted it. To beat the traffic out of the city. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm over it. It's gonna rain. Mm-hmm. Like we still have an hour plus drive home. Yeah, you can lap it in like twenty minutes. So easily, you know, easily, place. and um. Just, I just want to mention all the garages that just financially raped everyone who drove in. $75 flat rate, no matter like how long. You were in there yeah. for two hours. It was $75 to yeah. park your car. Fuck you. Oh, it's the so, Javits uh, event uh, or whatever. Anyway, back to Blue Shape. Um, so we we were going to leave. And so um, we gave Matt from MoGraph. Right. MoGraph.com. Our, our, our tickets. So I said to him, I went up to him and I said, hey. Hey, hey, "Hey, buddy, do me a huge favor. You don't have to do it. I didn't want him to feel obligated. But if he was bored and he was there at four, um, can you peek on over to the the blue shape booth and and see if I won or whatever? And he did. And I won. So um, huge shout out to him for hooking that up. Yeah. uh, She literally wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah. So he's the man. He's just kind of the man. Yeah. I would send you cupcakes, but you're like in Texas and that's far. Yeah, that's far. But next time you come <laughs> to New York, there's some cupcakes on us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, he texted me or Twitter messaged me and was like, hey, you won. And he sent me the picture of all the stuff. And yeah. You were driving uh, and you said, no way. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just messing with me, you know. Because <laughs> um, that's yeah. the kind of thing you would do to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, now, so I have a, a two batteries and a charger. Heading my way. 
That's nice. Starting, I guess, Monday at all. You're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome for pushing you to be social. Thanks. But no, uh, in all in all seriousness, though, and I'm not saying this just because I won, but blue shape batteries are pretty good batteries. Yeah, well, because when you walked away, you were like, that would be really cool to get, but no. we didn't think. I mean, I knew of blue shape batteries, but they were always just a little, like, I my main batteries that I use are core, and they're kind of like the the median level mm -hmm. they're popular because they're not too expensive mm -hmm. but they're still pretty good blue shape is like the next level up yeah. um because there are too many minis for us yeah their batteries um they have the thing where they're showing them like just firing them against walls and running them over with cars and stuff so yeah. uh well now we actually durable. get to use them yeah i'm gonna throw them against walls and see what happens <laughs> listen my battery dented i want another one yeah um yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not excited to do that again, honestly, at least not in New York. No. And you're never getting on a plane, so it's not going to happen in well, Vegas. Well, that's the thing, you know, it's like uh, there's just I know like real cinematographers are probably like don't care about NAB or yeah. even Vegas one or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I enjoy nerding out over products and, mm -hmm. and, and gear and stuff. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a. I'm not a gear person in terms of like I have to buy everything always. You know, I'm very much a believer in make what you have look as good as possible. But at the same time, I love nerding out about new technologically driven kind of advances in the field, you know. So mm -hmm. if there's a product out there that can make my life easier, then, yeah, I want to know about it, you know. Yeah. Um well, so I think it's important to stay on top of like new stuff. But, you know, all this stuff's online. You go there to like steal swag, really. I got a freaking bouncing ball with a light in it. Yeah. And pens. So many pens. Yeah, a lot of pens, a hat, a socks. Socks, a keychain yeah. light, yeah. and like three bags. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever. I don't know. I just yeah, I felt well also um like ICANN wasn't there. My case builder was supposed to be there, but I didn't see them anywhere because I wanted to talk to them. Yeah. Cause I uh we were supposed to go ahead and tour the factory, but Kind of fell we, off. We got we so kinda, busy. Yeah, we kind of haven't done that. Yeah, and so I didn't. And I didn't see them anywhere, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, also, I just want to shout out to Emma Jones. Oh yeah. Who had been on the show mm -hmm. a little while ago, and um, she she went knowing that I think she knew we were going to go as well, mm -hmm. and um, we literally happened to run into her, and I was like, "This girl looks really familiar," yeah. and I think this is, hey, literally while she was sending us messages, yeah. like, "Where are you?" And so and turned around, and there she was. So it it would have been a lot more boring if I didn't have mm -hmm. didn't have her there to talk to, because like while you were looking at stuff or nerding out on stuff, we were just yeah. sitting there like bullshitting. So and we went uh, we 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 went with Rocky from uh, yeah we went Burn to Earn Productions. Yeah, uh, he came down uh, with us. We carpooled down. So it's always great to nerd out with that guy. Just walk around and talk, look at stuff. Well, and, I knew, that's what I'm saying. I knew yeah. like you and Rocky were going to like be looking for stuff and I was going to be like, <sighs> yeah. So uh, I got to, I got to talk with Emma. We got to hang out. So that mm -hmm. was cool. Um, and, and we won the stuff. Yeah. And we so won it was the, worth won it. Batteries. But if we hadn't won stuff and there wasn't good company, that would have been really, if like we didn't even, well, yeah. we had a, a code for those tickets. If we had paid for that, yeah. I'd have been pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't worth it. No. In my opinion. Um, anyway, so that was that. Um, I think. But yeah, it was great to, it's always great to to meet up with the, the Brograph guys. I think at all three years that I've been there, I've pretty much just like hung out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, they're also there to fun. work, so it's like we can talk yeah. to them for a little, and then they, well, they they've got they actually stuff to do. So presenting this year, they were doing a lot of the um, audiovisual stuff. Mm -hmm. They showed me they had like this whole setup in the back, and uh, they were live streaming it and everything. Yeah. Andrew Kramer was there, so it was like kind of a big deal. Um, Perry was supposed to be there with us on Wednesday, yeah, but he didn't go on Wednesday, and then we could have had quite the crew there. If Perry came too. Yeah, that yeah. would have been. Many funds. Yeah. But whatever, Perry. Whatever, Perry. Yeah. Um, okay. So enough of that. Nab, get your shit together. NAB um, New York, get your shit together. It's just a matter of is Vegas worth that six hour flight? If there also and back? Vegas, if you're if you're going with your job is one thing, but like to, for me to have to go with because you're like I don't have interest in this stuff, but you're always like, You're going, right? I'm like, I guess well, I'm too coded. What am I gonna go by myself? <laughs> Come on. So, like, all right, after flight and I mean, I would only want to go to Vegas to like eat. Yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, sure, sure, swag. I'd put that shit in the room and be like, where's the food? Yeah. I already know what restaurants I want to go to. I'm just going to eat my way through that place. Yeah. Um, but then if it's like Magoo, that's a lot of money to go eat at some buffets. Like we could have 
like bought Magoo, stuff for like that. Like the food or the or the no, event? like like the event. If oh. it's like wow, this really wasn't as great as we thought it was going to be, and then we paid money to fly out there and stay mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. that's not cheap at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd rather kind invest of, that money into Iceland. Oh, I'm never going to get to Iceland. Yeah. Well, if you if you're willing to get on a plane, then. Yeah. Our guest next week, if if he's, you know, who's scheduled to come on next week, went just went to Iceland. Everybody's gone to Iceland. Everybody's gone to freaking Iceland but mm-hmm. me at this point. Yeah. I'll never make it. I've just accepted that. Um, so anyway, uh, we – a couple things happening in the news mm-hmm. with the movies and the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give a giant – to Jared Leto, who apparently was <laughs> bitching and moaning and crying about how he felt left out of being made into a Joker movie, and he wanted to like squash Joker, even having Todd Phillips even be able to make the film because he's the Joker. And shut up! I so, just want to say that that's yeah. just ridiculous. Well, maybe if he was as good as Joaquin, they would have offered it to him. I I don't consider his Joker a Joker. He looked like what what's those things? Those those fucking clowns that everybody dresses up as, like Juggalos or whatever they're called with the makeup. Wait, which which Joker do you not you don't consider Jared Leto? Oh, that's yeah. not a, like what was that? It's just like a punk. It's a he's a Juggalo. That's what yeah. he reminds me like those people that dress up like the clowns, <laughs> like those hardcore clowns or yeah. whatever. Like that's what he reminded me of with his grills and shit. He was like, like insane clown posse. Or yeah, something. he was like he was like a rich white brat. That like was rebelling against his parents. Yeah. All fucking clean cut and shit. Like yeah. the Joker's supposed to be just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he was way too put together to, uh, I don't know, sending used anal beads and shit to your, to your fellow <laughs> cast members. Like, I'm sorry, but that's like mm-hmm. harassment. <laughs> you do that shit in any other fucking work place and you'd be fired. But somehow it's like, oh, it's the artistry of it. Like. Listen, if that's your only way to get your shit out as an actor, then you you need work. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to say that he's not capable of of being a good actor because he is a good actor. He has played good roles mm-hmm. and done a good job in them. Yeah. But I just think he tries way too hard. Yeah. Way too hard. Yeah. And that was like he's I, I was saying earlier that he's like stuck in this in this time where I'd say like 10, 15 years ago, right? Like the, the, your, your one way ticket to an Oscar or any kind of award was to be a method actor, right? Yeah. If, as soon as the word got out on set, like, oh, this person never broke character. And it was like, they're going to get an Oscar because they're method. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Actors feel differently about this. I'm the kind of actor that actually I'm, I'm not impressed by method acting. I don't think that the ability to be a method actor makes you a better actor. Thousands of actors out there don't practice that method mm-hmm. and do just fine without it. Well, um, I mean, it's so, whatever, you know, whatever works for you, works for you. But it, when when it goes to like the Jared Leto level and you have to like well, even, ruin things for other people or, you know, you have to be respectful of everybody's method and uh, ha- whatever that is. If you're I DiCaprio and you just really, snap right into it and then you're winning DiCaprio's Oscars. DiCaprio's not method. He's, he's right. said it several times. Saying. He comes in and out of it. And I think, saying, it's, I think wherever it's you are, counterproductive like, as an actor if the only way that you can play a character is to be method. I think that's a dangerous way of doing it. Because you're not able to be level-headed. You need times to step out of that character and go like, wait a minute, am I how? And to just sort of gauge mm-hmm. where you are in that role. And when you're submersed in it like that and you're not able to get out of it, and that's the only way for you to play that character is to stay in that headspace and sort of fuck yourself over basically emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally – that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a very good thing to do as an actor. And unfortunately, it's a coveted way of performing, especially I think from non-actors. So non-actors think like, oh, well, if they're method, that's because they're so good that they're method. It's That's not the case at all. There's a lot of actors out there that use method acting that aren't very great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this this falsehood that if you're method that you're you're more legitimate somehow, um, and I think that that's not it, it's not a guarantee anymore. People are starting to win Oscars, yeah. you know, w- without using that, and he's still kind of stuck in that ten years ago where he's like, "Look, I'm so method, anal beads, come on, give me my award." <laughs> um, it's like, all right, well, like <laughs> that doesn't do it all the time. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to give the man out because I thought that was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We award him three <laughs> I don't know if it's true or if somebody was 
just making up gossip, but apparently he had said that this was like unacceptable behavior or unacceptable treatment rather for an Oscar winner. And if he really did say that, I just want to kick you in the balls because who yeah. says that? Like, get out of here. Um, anyway, Joker's still doing its thing. We've already talked about it. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Moving <laughs> so, right along. Moving right along. So a uh, new trailer came out. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. which was conveniently, uh, it's a film called Adopt a Highway, which just happens to be written and directed by Logan Marshall Green. <laughs> Logan Marshall Green. <laughs> we all know. I love. Mm-hmm. So uh, it actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw, okay, Lo- Logan Marshall Green's directing a film, of course, I was like, I'm going to watch this trailer because I watch everything he's in. Uh, but it looked really, really good. I was like, oh, wait, okay, this is gonna be a good film. And Ethan Hawke is like, you know, it's like he kind of fell off for a while. Yeah. A couple of years, you're like, what the hell is Ethan Hawke well, doing? And then he's always, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of, take some time off if he wants. Yeah, and but he's, oh, he's never shy, he shied away from indie films yeah. and stuff like that. Well, he doesn't, I don't think he really does any big things. That, no. I mean, because you're either, you're either in, Mar- you're either in Marvel or Star Wars or you're in indie films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's well, like all you got. <laughs> sort of, yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, he just he's just like popping up all over the mm-hmm. place now. And um, I have to admit, I never really thought of Ethan Hawke as like a great actor, I guess. Mm-hmm. N- not because I didn't think he had it in him, but it's just, I guess like all the, like his roles, it was just kind of like the, the movies that he was in, it was like, all right. Yeah. Um, I liked him in Great Expectations. That was a good film. Mm-hmm. And I liked him in Reality Bites. That was like one of, of my favorite '90s films. But um, he played Troy Troy, Dw- Troy Dyer in that, which I felt like he was kind of almost playing himself in a way, like a douchier yeah. version of himself. Yeah. So I never thought like, oh, this was like some great Huge stretch yeah. character or something. But oh, Gattaca, I did enjoy Gattaca. Gattaca. Is that the one where he cuts his legs so he's shorter, taller, taller? Or he adds he adds legs. Yeah, I think that's where he met Uma Thurman. On that film. Funny story about Gattaca, actually. I was working at Blockbuster. <laughs> and it was many, many, many was, years ago. You have to add the like that that time warp music <laughs> to <laughs> going back into time. And uh, this guy was renting Gattaca. And he said, oh, I'm in this movie. And I was like, all right. Who was and, he? I don't know. But he, <laughs> if I guess. It's a great story. I, I get on the back. So I was like, well, I'm not done. So I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah. Um, if you look at the back of the box, I'm, I'm on the artwork. He was just like, he, I guess he was a background actor or, or, uh, or, um, or a, a role, a day player or something mm-hmm. that whatever scene they picked for the back, he happened to be in it. Um, That's so I lucky. always, I always think of that when I, when I, someone talks about Gattaca. Did you see Gattaca? Yeah, I knew about the leg thing. Well, I don't know if you just knew that, you know, there's like things. No. I liked that. I song. saw many, many, obviously a long time ago, but I don't really remember it that well. I enjoyed it. I'm sure if I saw it again, I'd be like, it'd be like a whole new experience. That's what's great about having a horrible memory. <laughs> you can experience things more than once. A cinematical goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this film. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it comes out. Um, I think it comes out sometime in November. We won't get it. Was it a show? Was it no, mo- it's just it's a it film. film. We won't get it because it's, you know, yeah. up here. Um, but yeah. So Adopt a Highway, Logan Marshall Green, mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, I also wanted to talk about the uh, director for Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie, I think, already came out. Like, I think it's done with its run in the theaters yeah. um, at this point or like indie theaters, whichever ones were showing it. But um, it has it has the LaBeouf, mm-hmm. has Shia LaBeouf. And, you know, he's a weird fellow, <laughs> but I like him. No, I like him. He's I a like very him. good actor. So I think he's well, well underrated. And I think that because of, you know, he's, whether you want to call him issues or whatever, you know, people like, oh, he's just, you know, whatever. But yeah, I think he's a solid actor. He is. Uh, he, he, he's because he's sort of erratic in his personal life. I mm-hmm. think, it, you know, people don't take him seriously. And he also, um, people that don't follow his films will always have the holes Disturbia and Transformers backpack on him where people are like, oh my God, he was in those movies. But he's been in several movies since then. Yeah. And um, 
The only film that he was in that I was like a uh, hard pass was like the Lars von Trier, the Nymphomaniac ones. Mm. Like I saw that and I was like, eh. um, that guy always. It's not a soft pass. It's a I, hard pass. I always watch those. I watch his films like I'm going to like this. And it's always this. It's like the same movie, yeah. same lighting, everything. Yeah. His cinematography is always on point. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But it's just always this like really, I don't know. The story is always the same. It's just a different topic, but it's the same thing. Yeah. And it just, it. Yeah, I just, I, I never, I can never get into it. I don't know. Um, that was like one of the only movies that I was like, eh. But the first time I saw him that I was just like, wait a minute, was in Lawless. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, yeah, homie can act. Yeah, he was good in that. I I I've been following him since Project Greenlight, actually. Mm. Um, and I saw him on that, and I remember him talk. He did a he did a movie with um, uh, Sherry Appleby. Um, I forgot what it was called, but I just remember him him preparing for a scene, and uh, I, I thought it was real interesting to see somebody because I didn't know anything about you know I didn't watch like Holes or any mm-hmm. of those other Nickelodeon shows he was in or whatever, and I just thought he had an interesting. He seemed to have a genuine love of the art of acting, mm. um, which I found refreshing when I watched that. Yeah. He's just been through some shit. So it's yeah. like it's I could see why people are turned off by him because it's it feels gimmicky. Right. He mm-hmm. shows up with bags on his heads and all his head and all that stuff. Um, but apparently he's kind of grown out of that. And yeah. he's and doing it, a lot of great things for was, like um, communities and stuff. Yeah, it was, I believe, in part to this due to this movie, mm. Peanut Butter Falcon. And so this this movie was directed by Tyler Nilsson. And um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because he had... Um, he had... He had... Uh, in, in, the, in this film, it's, it's Shia LaBeouf, uh, Dakota Johnson, uh, John Hawks, who I love, mm-hmm. and an actor, I think it's Zach Gotzigan, mm-hmm. who has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so... The director apparently admitted in an interview that I, I don't know if it was a studio or the producers or whatever, same shit pretty much, mm-hmm. had actually tried to bribe him monetarily mm-hmm. to axe this actor who had Down syndrome for what they called a more marketable actor, which we all know is Hollywood talk for non-Down syndrome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. basically, yeah. and um, it was really interesting um, because I guess, I think if I remember the story correctly, he had seen this actor at a camp or something like that doing a, a show or something. And he thought he would be good for the role. And apparently this actor is the one that kind of got to Shia on set to sort of see things differently. He had mm-hmm. done an interview about how, you know, it really helped him in that way. And uh, so I thought that was, you know, I think that it's a ballsy thing to to say as a director, right? Because your studio is going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, well, the idea but it's was the like, truth. look, you know, here's X, X amount truth. of money. Uh, but if you replace the lead with someone more quote unquote marketable, here's twice as much money, let's say. Right. And the, act, the director's like, no, like this is the movie, like you're, whatever. You're basically buying out a disability. Yeah. Um, and so kudos to him. Which I think, honestly, as much as I like Shia LaBeouf, what drew me to the trailer was the fact that it seemed like another one of the lead actors or supporting, I don't know exactly his part. I think he's the lead in it, had so. Down syndrome. I yeah. was like, oh, wow, they actually used somebody with Down syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, that made me want to watch it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how that, you know, this, this studio is going in another direction with that. Like, look, this was, I don't think this film was ever intended to be some like blockbuster film. It was no, an yeah. independent film. Uh, how many people are going to go like, this looks interesting, but wait a minute, does that actor have Down syndrome? Forget it. Actually, probably more than you'd think. Well, I think the studios... Sadly. I think the studios are responsible for that because people aren't used to seeing it. That's the thing, you know. So if you just put it out there, it's not an unusual thing anymore. It's just, oh, this actor clearly has a disability. I could see they're missing an arm or whatever. Mm -hmm. You move on with it. But when you are going out of your way as a producer to buy out... A character and replace them with someone who's able-bodied, so to speak, mm-hmm. it becomes rare. Yeah. I think like, you know, it's this vicious cycle where studios are going to be like, well, all people want to see is this and X and Y and Z, but yeah, because that's all that that's you're all you get, show them. That's all you show them. And so, you know, if you were to start flooding the market with, you know, a variety of things, then, you know, you would have more uh, 
you'd have a bit better idea of of you know the fact that people want to see people will watch things that you don't think that they would watch. Well, I think especially with Down syndrome, right? Because it does and vary. That include, yeah, that includes like lead a- actors act. You know, it varies uh, though. Direct, like you know. certain disabilities, I kind of I, I understand to an extent. If you're asking for a lot from a character and from an actor, and this this person is very high on the spectrum, it's going to be difficult to direct that mm-hmm. type of actor because they're going to be sensitive to sound and light and all those things. And so I understand, you know, okay, I, I may not be able to cast somebody who's like very high on the spectrum for this part because it, it, we wouldn't be able to afford the amount of time that it would take to actually get this going. Mm-hmm. But Down, Down syndrome, while it varies, there are lots of people with Down syndrome that live on their own, mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. Uh, have like yeah. pretty high uh, uh, positions in, in companies. It's <laughs> like, you know, the it's it's not a it's not a disability so to speak where you're incapable. Yeah. It's quite the opposite, and in many cases. So to me, it's so ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you cast people with Down syndrome? Because it's not like you can't direct somebody with this right. disability. They're well, completely it's cognizant, I don't, I don't and they are they, intelligent I, I and they get it. Like, yeah, I don't think that most most people are probably looking at it from a, a return on investment. Oh, of course, you know, but thing. I just I just think you know in in independent film and stuff like that. It's just some of you know. Not casting somebody who is like missing a finger. It's like really, people are missing fingers. How does how does this affect yeah. <laughs> the part at all? I don't get it. Um, so anyway, I, I kudos to him. I think for you know to for for standing his ground and and not giving up. That's the person that he wanted in the part. Who was the director of? Um, oh, was it Beasts of the Southern Wild? Was was that? Did I get that right? I have no Beasts idea. of the Southern Wild came out a couple of years ago. If only you had a way to check that. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. Um, he was, I think the studio, his studio did the same thing mm-hmm. where they were like, he cast, I think both his leads were non-actors. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, no, nobody knows who these people are. They're not actors. And he was like, these are the these are the characters that I want. These are the actors that I want. And it didn't get, um, then I think also like SAG wouldn't, put it in the awards. I may be talking out of my ass here. Mm. Something about that with the awards that he wasn't, he didn't qualify because he used non-union actors. That I know was a thing. Right. Um, we all know how people feel about non-union actors. We uh, all know how SAG flips their shit. Hey man, you can't fix bad editing you in post. You know what I mean? Bad editing? Bad acting. <laughs> acting. <laughs> I hope you can fix bad editing in post. I was going to say, post. that's pretty much what you're there for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, good for you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. We also watched a movie this week. Movie. Movie. <laughs> watched a movie this week. A uh, movie called A Vigilante. A Vigilante. A Vigilante starring the incomparable Olivia Wilde. I wonder if that's, that can't be a real name, right? Wilde. Gene Wilde. Yeah. Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we watched. she's wild. He's wilder. Wilder. <laughs> um. We watched it, and and this movie I know was on your radar because it was something that was filmed locally. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer looked good. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> well, I was trying to think of a better word, but then I just defaulted to good. Um, uh, I saw the trailer, and I thought it looked good as well. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so there, that's a recipe for something we'd want to watch. I, I'm always fascinated by films that are shot in our area to see. Yeah. If I, a, if I can recognize any of the places. I know where that is. This was pretty pretty close by. I mean, yeah. Like within 30 minutes of us. Yeah. And so uh, so we watched it. <laughs> and uh, so let me see what I, how, how I thought about this movie. I thought the movie, first of all, Olivia Wilde, big fan. She is a talented actor. Very uh, capable, very talented, very um, seems like a genuine person. You know, when you're starting off with what a person is capable of, you uh, know that it's going to go downhill from there because you're just trying to like, you're just no, buttering not, up that not intro. Not necessarily, but I just feel like there was a lot of missed opportunities in mm-hmm. the film. You know, I felt like, um, for, first of all, the movie, it's basically Olivia Wilde plays a domestic abuse survivor mm-hmm. who then kind of takes matters into her own hands to help other people that are struggling in domestic abuse situations, be it mm-hmm. children or wives or whatever. And um, so for me, I felt the film kind of, she, 
I feel like she was great in it. She did what she was asked to do, but I feel like and this is the first time filmmaker, from my understanding, I who made the she, who made the film. She was the uh, the writer director. Yeah, and it's um, from somebody who. And look, I don't want to disparage any of the uh, the messaging in it because it certainly had a lot to say, and it's a very powerful message. Um, but I just feel like so. It's Sarah, Sarah uh, Dagger Nixon was mm-hmm. the writer director, and I believe had personal experience perhaps with uh domestic violence or something yeah so for me i don't know the film i didn't it it wasn't for me this film (laughs) just wasn't for you this wasn't for me Hmm. um there was some like technical i don't want to say issues because i wasn't on set that day to know or any of the (laughs) days filmed on this just this one day they got that whole 90 minute film you know it's hard it's hard it's that would have been impressive Uh, yeah yeah that would this would be a different review there was just a lot of decisions made both from a technical standpoint and a creative standpoint that i didn't really understand um and that's you know that's that's for the writer director to make those choices they she had a reason for these choices made those choices but for me it just wasn't something that i've jived with i don't you know the 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 messaging 100 percent on board obviously this can go several ways right i almost didn't want to review this film Mm -hmm. because i don't have a whole lot of positive points to make and so it's kind of like well why bother um because i don't want to just shit on something yeah but this is kind of also important to talk about right because i feel like if somebody had said to me this was first time writer director and like the DP had maybe done two or three shorts and they happened to nab Olivia Wilde because of the subject matter. And perhaps she, I don't know, agreed to do it at a very discounted rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a SAG actor, so you had to go through SAG. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what the agreements were. Um, if you had said that to me and you had said, hey, they had a $10,000 budget and they filmed like on a 15 year old camera in three days. Yeah. Be like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Right. And that, that they had two weeks for post and that was it. Yeah. Um, I highly doubt that those were the circumstances around it. And so a lot of the mistakes, Mm. (laughs) I guess is the only word to really use. Um, I didn't really think that there was justification for that. Yeah. Because one of the, main issues, technical issues that they had was their lighting. Mm. I had three issues with this film. Mm-hmm. The lighting was one of them and pretty much started to take me out almost from the jump. Yeah. Because- From the get-go. It Like if you had told me that they had filmed in a greenhouse and it was like, there's windows everywhere and it's a sunny day and we're forced to deal with this light. That's one thing. This was a room that had basically a wall of windows but then there were solid walls as well. So you had the option to not film in front of a window. But for some reason, either the DP, this is another thing we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. If this is a, a first time. Well, that's what I was saying. We don't really if know. If this is a first time writer director, I could very much see, because I, I, I'm i just saying we know people, I'm not going to drop names, but we know somebody currently who's going through this, who's a first time writer director. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, they message me almost weekly on, is it normal for, is it normal for? Right. And a lot of the times it's like, no, um, I don't know that as a first time writer director, this woman is looking to her DP to know more. I don't know if the DP didn't know more and was like, no, no, trust me. Mm. You want them in front of this wall of light. It's going to look great. Yeah. And she doesn't know, right? right? Cause she's not a cinematographer. So she's just trusting that. Or did she say, no, I want this in front of the window. The DP's like, whatever, you know, Uh like that's what you want. So there's so many ways that that could have gone, but I just have such a hard time believing that nobody on set wasn't looking at a monitor and went like, hold up. We can't even see the details of this person's face because there's so much light bleeding into the scene. Yeah, Uh There was like, I I don't know. It, it, It just, it was distractingly bad. Yeah. And extreme in that point. Uh, I, I just could not get over that lighting. And it was not like one or two scenes. It was like every time they would have this, um, I guess it was like like a group meeting. They were mm-hmm. having um, group meetings with fellow survivors. You would intentionally place people, especially Olivia Wilde, like in front of a window yeah. and just sit on that yeah. shot. And the window was pure white because it was pure white. blown out, but not blown out in any kind of artistic way where you're using shears or something. It was just blown out like... You- it was 
an odd choice. I didn't understand it. I, so I can't understand how there wasn't time to like ND those windows. Or yeah, add some more lighting or move the Something. scene to another know, room. Yeah. <laughs> completely. A different area. Yeah. Use the window as a as a key or something, you know. And I, I know, know that seems nitpicky, but again, this is a set that I'm sure had way more money than we had. Mm-hmm. And we had to find time to make sure that our lighting was as on point as we could get it with the time frame that we had. So yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. Like, was this, if this was an artistic choice, then it flew over my head at record, record speed. I, I didn't get it. I, I yeah. don't know why you would ever want to intentionally have a scene blow out like that. And if it wasn't, then that's very telling of pretty much everyone's experience on set. And then again, you know, maybe, maybe somebody saw it, but they were like, I'm not going to say anything because this person's maybe not approachable or, you know, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah. You know, if you have a DP that's like, this is the way it's going to look, then what the hell are you going to do if you're a gaffer? You know, you're like, all right, let's do yeah. my job over here and sit here, but that looks blown out. Yeah, but it, it leads to a bigger question too, because, you know, obviously we don't know, but if you're on set, if you're DPing on set and the director asks you to do something that you know is going to look bad, you just know it's like, you know. Um, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do in that situation? I don't know. You know, for me, I'm just like, you know, this is, it depends on the justification, right? Yeah, but I can't see a director. I could see a director I saying, can't imagine a director "I want being it like, in front of the yeah. window, but I don't want it blown out." As a DP, that's your job to step to in and go, yep. "Okay, you want it in front of the window." This is what at we need the to very do. least, yeah. someone's going to have to run to Marshalls and grab some dark sheer curtains, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to have to throw them suckers up because this is this is going to destroy the yeah. subject. Um, so I don't know. I I just don't. That looked weird. The grading to the film, there mm. either wasn't any. In which case, really I don't know what to, they filmed to find on. Out, yeah, what they shot on because it didn't seem like the camera that they used held a lot of dynamic range at all. In it, and the highlights were constantly they were seemed like they were constantly battling the highlights being blown out, and um, which hey, it's, it's a battle we've all fought. You know, it's for sure it's one of the biggest battles that we still fight um, because you know, you know, unless you're shooting on an Ari, your your highlights are usually pretty harsh. They don't roll off as nicely as they would on an Alexa or something. But, uh, you know, there's, you figure out ways to work around it, you know, which is what we constantly, I I mean, we shot in this old farmhouse and my biggest concern was windows, you know, so I had to adjust all my lighting for it. We knew that because we went there prior, Mm -hmm. right? And did test shots and you're like, these are going to be a problem. So I guess that's what confused me. Like, how did you not know that this was an issue before you started filming? You must have had access to these locations, to the woods, that's anywhere. You don't need yeah. permission for that. You know, you could have just gone to the woods with whatever you're filming on and went, ugh, this camera does X, Y, and Z in low light. It does it in, yeah. in bright light. Like what? It's important to know your tools. and they're... I feel like they just like picked yeah. it up and started filming and nobody really kind of cared about the aesthetic of it unless yeah. this was supposed to be the aesthetic, which again, I don't well, get there's it. one. It's one thing, you know, if you're going to shoot like this gritty kind of like low budget, you know, uh, feature that you know, you're just using practical lighting maybe or, or whatever, that's all good, but you still have to um, figure out a way to make sure that it's not distracting, you know, and when you have lighting that is overtaking your subject and you can't, you're lose like you said, losing details and stuff, it gets a little tricky to um, kind of not get distracted by that. This might sound harsh, but I would have been really impressed if they'd filmed that on an iPhone. Mm. I feel like that would have been the opportunity to do that then, to be like, you know what, we're going to film this on an iPhone and then you jump off of that Yeah. Oh, we shot this on an iPhone. We shot it on an iPhone because that's how it looked, honestly. It looked like it got filmed like on on a phone or or like a really old camera or something. I don't Mm. know. I just feel like in this day and age, just kind of cameras are so much more capable than they once were that they're they're inexcusable sort of mistakes. Yeah. But technical issues aside – but we, we, you know, and hey, we, we're going to have technical issues on our film. And that's why we're, that's why I decided to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like, you know, the, the film got a lot, it got a, a very high rating on review on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, which I never go by because a lot of movies I love got terrible Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. you know, so whatever. But I was just kind of surprised to see how high the rating was. Um, of course, everybody local here is going to say it was the best thing that they've ever seen in the world because that's just what people do up here and it's freaking obnoxious. And this is why you don't learn because people are afraid to go like, hey, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's watching our film and they're like, hey, your lighting is shit. I want to know that yeah. so that I can well, I think that's be the better thing is, at correcting is, those issues. You know, constructive criticism is is very important, you know, uh, amongst, uh, you know, ourselves. I know, like, you know, if, if Rocky came and shot with us, you know, for our film and had some constructive criticism for me as a director and, and, and for the film, and you either take it or you don't, but it's important to, to get that feedback. 
Um, yeah. It's not like he had like a whole ton or anything. You know, we're we're all in this together. But you know, it's good to know that like, and it's just something you learn. We're over all time. in this together. <laughs> well, we we are. Yeah. Kumbaya, hey. motherfucker. <laughs> um, but well, you, no, but it's yeah, yeah. it's it's um yeah it's it's a tricky thing because again we don't know. What the what the set was like? We don't know what don't know equipment long they, they had. had uh, yeah, what they how long no they idea. had to film. But I feel like I would love to know that because that would then inform my opinion on on these things. But but either way, whether you had a half an hour to shoot in some place, or your camera wasn't that great, or whatever the the, the whatever circumstances you're you're filming in, it's 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 so important to learn your limitations and then work within that. Mm-hmm. You know, work within those limitations. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, here's my thing. Technical issues aside, there I also had other kind of gripes with it. And for me, I felt like while the message was important and necessary and I didn't want to take from that, um, I didn't feel like this story was very cohesive. I mm-hmm. guess it just, there wasn't much of a flow to it. And knowing that Olivia Wilde is a strong actor, I have to believe that it was perhaps the direction that she was given on how to play this character. Well, she was a producer as well. I don't know. How, yeah. yeah, but I don't know like Sometimes they just how get much those, liberty yeah. she gave to the director because yeah, it was yeah. personal to say, hey, how do you want me to play this character? Yeah. I felt like this character jumped from two emotions, angst and sadness. And she had two expressions, angst and sadness. And it felt like a lost opportunity to have such a strong actor mm-hmm. just kind of rot like toe the line like that and just never really go a hundred percent i felt again i mean i realized it's a movie it's not real life but it's a real life issue (laughs) wait what it's a real life issue so i'm like why don't why wouldn't this be a good opportunity to bring some reality to it which Mm -hmm. is that the character was incredibly broken as an individual when she was not playing the part of the vigilante and i didn't see how she would be able to be successful as a vigilante being as broken as she was, because that takes some chutzpah, if yeah. you will. You have yeah. to be like a bit more grounded of an individual to be able to pull these things off. Yeah, she was doing some very illegal stuff. Well, that so I mean, it was like I, I actually liked the the concept of having you know this superhero type character that was broken, but I just feel like there's more um, levels to it. You know, it's not just one extreme or the other. This was a feature as well, so there was yeah. time to do it. Yeah, if it was like a 30 right. minutes short, I'd be like, well, there's no how to, there's not a lot of time to develop that. But this was a 90 minute film. So right. there was time to give those levels when all I'm seeing is hysterics and crying and anger, hysterics and crying and anger. It's like that the the what wound up happening was that by the time we got to the part where the um motivations, the details to the motivations for that character came to play, I didn't care. Mm. And I think that was meant, I would assume. That the you know in in writing you want your audience to be like oh yeah. this is how she get by then I was like I'm over it, it, it that sounds terrible because it was very dramatic and terrible what happens but I just I was like all right I I, I was sort of like bored yeah with the character because I already knew what I was going to get from her there wasn't depth or dimension it was just like this very one dimensional kind of way of being and God I sound like a terrible person <laughs> one more gripe. They did this thing, another reason why I would like to know more about what was going on on set and mm. how it was intended. There were these these moments when they were in group mm. um, yeah, where like I a, couldn't like a... tell if these were actors or actual abuse survivors. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in like, oh my God, they played it so convincingly. It was quite the opposite. It felt like either these actors don't have any experience or maybe it's because this is what's really happened. This was a real story and they were recording that, in which case it, run, run, it jumps from narrative to documentary, mm-hmm. and which is so weird. Yeah. Either way, it was weird. Like if this is, this is a documentary moment, you're shoving it into a film and then jumping back and forth. And if it wasn't, yeah. then why didn't your actors, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I'm not sure what you mean, stakes, but like they didn't have a lot of stakes experience. in the film and it's, 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 um, you know, uh, it's not like hyper reality or anything like that, but you have an actual film going on with these over the top emotions and then you break it down to 
um, actual people telling their actual stories. Maybe. Which, we which, don't even know. Which, right. Which, if that's the case, there it's very powerful stuff to do that. But I don't think it fit within the narrative no. structure of, of what was happening. I think like happening. just the documentary would have worked Yeah, maybe to have done something like in, or find in a, an find extras. A, find a, yeah, find, a, find another way to to jump between the two and incorporate the two. But I think the problem was is that Olivia Wilde was also part of that more documentary mm-hmm. style world. Yeah. You know, and whereas if you just had like the story happening, but then you, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to. confusing. Gonna, yeah. Um, it was very confusing. I, I didn't. So that part kind of jumped out as me as. I was like, I'm, I'm not, well. I'm not trying to be a dick here, but I don't know if these actors are just like not very strong at acting or if this is supposed to be. Right. Like an actual person, in which case what's happening. Um, so yeah, it just. I felt like there was a lot of missed opportunities in that. Again, I thought that I think the uh, the concept is strong, and I think you know you obviously have Olivia Wilde; she's strong, and um, both physically and from an acting perspective for this role. And um, yeah, I just feel like you know there was the concept was could have been really interesting, especially from such a powerful place and from somebody who experienced that. I felt like the delivery was just kind of cliche for me. I felt like I've seen oh, yeah. this before and I know where it's going and and then I don't know. It just it felt kind of flat for me. I think that the message is important and that's great, obviously, but it just felt like it was very cliche. It just mm. I was like, all right. And it's very a, different from the trailer. Fashion revenge Thought I was tale. Yeah. Getting something completely different than what we actually got. Um so, you know, I'm interested to see what else this this writer director does since they've just started. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see that growth. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the details were with the DP. If this was the DP's idea, I'm, I'm not really interested in seeing anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not gonna lie, I don't know. If have this to is see how things shake out. Like, yeah. I don't know who was in charge of what, and you know, did, did the editors take liberty and actually grade it that way? I don't, right. I don't know. Who That's knows? A whole other th- yeah. Who knows? It could be a whole other thing if. If uh, you you give the you hand over all this footage to a, uh, you know colorist that or if the editor just was asked to color it and didn't know or whatever that could have been a whole. You other... don't know how to make films. That looks good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that's your first film and you've never made a film before, what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you're trusting these people to just make the film. And and if that had been our first film, that would have looked pretty freaking good yeah. for our first film. Yeah. Our first film was atrocious as was the second third and fourth yeah. <laughs> fifth maybe fifth and, and you know like sixth, sixth you wasn't know? too hot either um, <laughs> but like you know it, with with an experienced crew if that's what you had i feel like it, it was a lost opportunity because it could have looked a lot better and yeah. the story could have been a lot tighter and again we don't know so that was that um there is one more thing that i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. that um our buddy uno mas cosa <sighs> don't do that please <laughs> is that wrong in so many ways, but there's no, there's, there's not enough time to get into it. Our buddy Andrew Dunkelberger, Dunkelberger. Um, he had brought something to my attention because mm. we, um, we do um, WhatsApp. Yes, a lot. We WhatsApp, we WhatsApp each other yeah. at least What's weekly. <laughs> and he sent me this thing, and I went, like, I looked at it, and I thought, well, this is obviously like a parody or a joke. And I was like, is this for real? He's like, no, no, yeah, this it's it's serious. And what it was was a an extra, an actor, mm-hmm. who had put up a post, I think, on Facebook or something. Um, with, <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, but I have to laugh because it's so ridiculous. With so the, apparently this is a thing mm-hmm. where extras will buy a booth at like a Comic Con type okay. event okay. as an extra. I know nothing about this, so I'm just okay. learning about yeah, I know. it. Because I just found out mm. was, he, right before we started recording, he recording he texted me with it, and they are like they're they're renting booths and then using a still that they happen to be in the background of, mm. not even in focus. Right, they're right. just like there I was in the film right here in this scene in the back, and then selling that photograph huh. and autographing it like charging 15 pounds for an autograph picture where they are like out of focus in the back where the talent is in the forefront and they're like back there. And so I, you know, on, on the, the text, someone had wrote like, yeah, that doesn't mean that you buy a booth at Comic-Con and try to sell pictures. Like, what are you doing? Apparently this is a thing for her. Wish I knew that if, I don't know if they have any legally blonde cons, (laughs) I'd be all set. I just... 
wow, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was just kind of blown away by the whole thing. I was like, is this for real? This can't be for real. Um, so you have like somebody walking in the background of Avengers and then they'll sell that. Yeah. That po- so, picture. so I have, um, <laughs> this, so this is one guy who was a stormtrooper or claimed wow. to have been a stormtrooper and then photoshopped his head onto a um, stormtrooper storm mm. and with like, you could say you were storm. There's no proof. Yeah. Like, how are you really going to prove you and a hundred other people that were in costume, yeah. completely covered? Um, apparently, this is a thing. So this guy here, obviously, you're listening and you can't. This was his. Like, if you're, what mm. I'm showing Paul right now is um, an image of the character, and then a, but the a character, headshot. their head is like the size of like a the, a dot because they're mm. all the way in the back. And and apparently this is like a thing for people. Mm. Um, you know what? Good for them. I let don't them do. Let them do it. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. So like you're just kind of hanging yeah. out behind Heath Ledger in a picture, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Yep, I was there. Give me fifteen pounds." Which what is that in American dollars? Like twenty bucks 20 or something? Bucks, I think something like that. Something like that. I'm more curious about who buys that. I kind of want to talk to those people more because I'm like, "You, I get it. You want to be an actor, and you haven't quite." Like mm-hmm. you think this is like making it and okay, but I want to talk to the person who's like, you were one of the 214 stormtroopers. Yeah. I'm going to give you $20. I want an autograph. Reminds me of this Gattaca story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that guy wasn't selling his autograph. No, no. I just. Well, you know, I think you have super fans of things that want to collect everything that has to do with that. Come on. Film or There's whatever. No and you can like see that third Star Trooper right there? Well, Star Trooper. Storm Trooper. Remember <laughs> Star that Star, Star Trooper? Remember that movie? That's something I would say. Yeah. Come on. That third Storm Trooper that walked by, that's me. I have that person's autograph, you know? I can't think of a single person that would. That's with that. That's within their, like, that has their faculties, mm. that is, that would actually boast about something like that. And I'm not hating, like, on people for being background actors, but this, again... This is a big problem with why their pay is shit on a lot of these bigger sets, yeah, okay? Yeah. Because people do this, right? They this this starstruck, like, look, I'm a movie star. Like, dude, mm-hmm. you were in a movie for two seconds in the background, barely in focus. Like, yeah, but it was the Space Wizards laser sword movie. It's <laughs> just like, you know, and then so then these big productions come around and they're like, ah, don't worry about paying these local extras. Like, they don't, they just want to be on camera. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and this is why pay is like nil, yeah. Especially up here, because you know they oh let's just go upstate. These people are desperate. Yeah, this is exactly. It's a conversation that I know has to take place. Like, these people are desperate. Well, we'll it's get the same extras. reason that you know you have these big companies open up opening up factories in areas that are poor yeah. in the country because yeah. they can pay people less. I don't want to like equate it to that. I mean, that's a bit more extreme. Well, obviously that <laughs> yeah. is yeah. But yeah, that this you know. So I'm I'm. I'm laughing. I'm not going to say I'm laughing with. I'm definitely laughing at the fact (laughs) that that this is happening. Sure. But it's part of a bigger issue. Like it's funny and then it's not funny because it's like stop doing that shit. (laughs) Like you really need to cut that out. Stop that now. Stop that now. Um, They won't. Uh, But I think I would would be hard pressed to not burst into laugh. I would have to like if I saw somebody with a booth and they were like, this is, and I'd be like, this is what you're saying. Like, that's you in the corner. I'd be like, I have to use the bathroom immediately because I would need somewhere to laugh because mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm having a mean girl, a, a cinema mean girl moment. Yeah. I'm sorry, but no. Hey, you know what? It, it must work out for them in some way because they're doing it. You I think I mean? it works out for their ego. That's the only thing yeah. that it's working out for. It's definitely not working out for you monetarily. There's no freaking way that you're living oh, no. off of. But you know, if you can go like, to one of these things and make a couple hundred bucks, or at least pay for the booth and have you a little extra money. You know how much the booth costs? If I have we, no idea. Like, there's no way that you are. If you're lucky, you're breaking even. It's more of an ego. That's to me what's so fun. That's why I can laugh at it because it's like this is an ego thing for you. This is not. You know, this isn't your career and, you know, because if you if you were that prolific in it, you wouldn't have time to be sitting here at Comic-Con doing this. You would yeah. be on set after set after set. Yeah. You know, you're not an A-list actor that you're being paid to sit at Comic-Con and do this. You're actually buying your own booth and then selling your autographs, hoping that somebody will think that you're as cool as you think you are. Yeah. Or your mom thinks you are. Right. <laughs> which might be who's buying that autograph. Or the booth. Yeah. 
Like get your whole family to come in and buy autographs. Be like, look, people want them. Yeah. I'm going to go to hell. I know it. I'm on my way there anyway. Little Whatever. Joey's got a booth at the Comic-Con. <laughs> He's at the Comic-Con. He's a movie star. So yeah, that, I'm sorry. That's my one-way ticket to the hot place, yeah. but I had to say it. To the bad place. Going to the bad place. So I think that's it. Yeah. That's, that's all of our topics. That's all That's all we got mm-hmm. um, until other stuff comes out. And we'll talk about stuff then. So shout outs to Perry Harovis. Perry Harovis. Perry Harovis, who bailed on us. We love yeah. you. And uh, Steady Geekin, Reality Bomb Comic Cast. And Perry um, Bailovis. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Uh-huh. Um, He's going to turn off my computer at work now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to be able to do it remotely. Yeah. He's going to be in the middle of a project. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you need my help now? Yeah. You bastard. Um, yeah. Shout out to all the people that we know and stuff. Yeah. To to the BroGraph, MoGraph guys. The BroGraph, MoGraph Especially guys. Matt because he, you know, st- stuck he went around. To he went and to bat got for me us. some batteries, and I appreciate that. We do. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Um, yeah. Did yeah. you want to add anything? No. Anything next you wanted week to we'll, talk about? No. Anything come out? Any no, next clickies? Week, no. Next week we'll have a guest. Um, I, yeah. We'll talk about – we'll talk with him or her. I mean, whoever. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder which one it is. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah. Well, that's all I got, too. All right. So good thing. We're on the same page. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.